You're listening to the Average Sports Guys podcast with Eddie and Marcus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Yo, yo. This is Marcus and Eddie. Eddie and Marcus, and we are the Average Sports Guys. This is the Average Sports Guys podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 30th. Yes, sir. It's almost New Year's, man. Yep. And this is episode 54. 54. And we just finished week 16. Yeah. Week 16, man. Um, A lot happened. Yes, sir. And but you know what's interesting before we get into the show, mm-hmm. what's interesting is I believe all of the teams that needed to win to get in um, this week to like clinch or like whatever case in point, like how Washington, all we had to do is beat Carolina right. because the Giants lost. Right. Um, and we would have been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think there was three teams that were in that situation and none of us won. Yep. So, it's a wild, wild week. Um, That's 2020 for you. Yeah, man. And I think it sets up a good week 17 matchup. For sure. Um, well, well, I shouldn't say matchup. Just mean a week 17 um, because, yeah, there's, yeah. because there's still a few slots left that are unclaimed as far as playoffs are concerned. So, right. Um, before we get into it, yeah. So, Washington plays Philadelphia. Um, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, first of all, where have you been? No, I'm joking. Uh, welcome. But <laughs> I'm Eddie and I'm a Washington football fan. And that's Marcus, my co-host. Yes, sir. And, and, he, and I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yep. So there you have it. We play each other week 17. Now, if Washington wins, they are in. So Washington still controls their own destiny. All they have to do is win. Eagles have mathematically been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, Now, should Washington lose, the winner of the Giants and Dallas game wins the division. Right. And if we do win, because apparently we have like a no hats policy going on uh, in the Phillies organization, Philadelphia Eagles organization, where we do not want any team putting on a division champ hat in our stadium. So, um, I mean, I guess we can use that as motivation. Um, Me right now, obviously, I'm looking forward to draft picks and things of that nature. But in the end, as long as the Cowboys do not win a division to go to the playoffs, I am perfectly fine with whatever happens. Yeah. Um, Clearly, I want to win, right, for obvious reasons, Washington fan. Um, I'd rather win. And then also, too, as crappy as the Cowboys have been all year. Now, obviously, um, you know, we expressed our concern for Dak Prescott and his injury. You never want to see stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, the Cowboys just largely have been playing like crap except for the last, like, couple weeks. Right. So I would be pissed if they got in. Um, Giants as well because they've been – streaky and i'm not saying it like washington has been world beaters right like like we haven't clearly like the last i don't know six seven ish weeks i feel like we've been playing better especially on the defensive side of the ball facts so i think i don't know i just i'm selfish right i mean it's my team so clearly i would want to be in we haven't been in the playoffs since we won the division in 2015 yes sir so it would be nice obviously ron rivera 
beating cancer. It's his first season here. There was a name change, yep. the Dwayne Haskins stuff, which um, I'll get into later in the show. Right. Um, so it would be a nice culmination of the season to just win the division, no matter mm -hmm. how you get it done and go to the playoffs. Even if you get bounced in the first round, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Um but either way, so let's go ahead and get into the pick. So those who listened to episode 53, um, we had Mario on from the Zoned In podcast um, out in California. He joined the show for a little bit mm -hmm. and um, I was tallying up the, the uh, predictions right. that we had last week. So the games that Marcus and I decided to kind of give our predictions for was Cowboys, Eagles, Washington, Panthers, Giants, Ravens, Rams, Seahawks, Titans, Packers, Colts, Steelers, Dolphins, Raiders. So <clears throat> the Cowboys beat the Eagles, what was it, 37 to 17? Yep. Um, so we all picked the Eagles. We got nothing there. Washington versus um, Carolina. Uh, we all picked Carolina, so we got a point there. The final score of that game was 20 to 13. Um Let's see, Giants, Ravens. We all pick Ravens. I forgot the final score of that game. Right. It was uh, enough to not enough. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So we got a point there. Rams, Seahawks. Seahawks won. Marcus was the only one that picked the Rams. Right. So we all got a point minus Marcus. Titans, Packers. We all picked Titans. We all lost. Mm. Um, Packers took care of work, man, in the snow. Yes, they did. Like, they look great. They They were just moving, man. It's disgusting. Like, they were just doing whatever they wanted. Like I said, it was like a snowstorm, at least for the beginning part of the game. Right. Um, for sure. And that's, like, literally why we picked them to come out of the NFC, just because of how much they've been balling over the past few weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, they've really come alive. Yep. Um, next up is Colts-Steelers. We all picked Colts. The Steelers were trending down. Um, I think the final score of that game was, like, 28-24, something like that. Yeah, it was 28-24, the one by four points with that late drive. Um, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger came out in the second half and started putting it together. For sure. Um, but my bigger issue is, can they consistently, like, as far as the receiving court, can they consistently make big catches? Because that has been an issue for the past four or five weeks. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. That, and then on top of that, they haven't been just – Killing people in the run game. I was just thinking that, as you said it, for sure. Like they have to get, they have to establish some a sort of run game with uh, James Conner or uh, Snell. They got to get something going. Yeah, um, I could see that first round of the playoffs being treacherous for them. For sure. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to look at matchups and all that stuff. Obviously, next week, Marcus and I'll get into that. Yes. Let's um, go. And you know, it'll be a whole playoff. Um, podcast series so that'll be fun yes sir uh and then the last game to round out our predictions was dolphins raiders we all picked dolphins dolphins ended up winning that one yep so we got a point there so mario and i tied with four correct picks and then marcus had three um the difference obviously there being marcus picked the rams um what do you have um why don't you go ahead and take us through Dallas and the Eagles game. <laughs> I'll gladly do that. So overall, I'll say that our game plan was solid, right? At least to start the game because we were running heavy with Miles Sanders. Mm -hmm. um, defense was, even though our secondary right now is nothing to speak of other than the fact that we had Darius Slayback, who did have a big interception later on in the game. Right. Um, it was really not much to speak of. 
Um, I would say the story of this game more than anything was adjustments. We didn't make them soon enough, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as the offense, we made adjustments in the wrong direction. Um, So just, you know, thinking about my game notes, just going through um, Sanders got busy. Um, The run game was working early. He was doing great things, um, gashing them because obviously everybody knows the defense is terrible out there in Dallas. Um, Jaquet, dude, like <laughs> you did your best against the best in the league in D Hop. Like you should have been riding that white horse into this game, um, thinking there isn't a single receiver on that side of the ball that I can't stick, and you got torched by Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, friggin' Michael Gallup. They gave you the business, <laughs> like. Over a hundred yards, each uh, each of them a uh, business. I think I think um, Amari Cooper had one hundred twenty one. I know that Gallup had one twenty one. Ceedee Lamb had like eighty three or something crazy like that. I'll get to that point later. Mm-hmm. But what made me more mad than anything is that we did not adjust until the third quarter. If you know this dude is getting smoked and this is essentially a playoff game, why aren't you dropping Jalen Mills back down the corner? letting Kavon Wallace and um, Epps play safety the entire game and lock that up because as soon as they made that adjustment, Dalton really couldn't do much for the rest of the game. You know what I mean? So it was one of those things where I'm looking over at gym shorts and I'm like, why haven't you made the adjustment yet? And I, I was texting you, my man. I always laugh when you say that. <laughs> right. Like, and I was texting my man, uh, Nate, during the game. And I'm like, Doug, like, why, why, aren't they, why aren't they making the adjustment? Especially after the fact that Fletcher Cox went out, uh, I want to say right before the second quarter or in the mm-hmm. middle of the second quarter. And once that pass rush was like pedestrian, I was not that they're bad guys up front. It's just like Fletcher Cox is that much of a force. He commands a double team. So. Obviously, you know, Dalton's starting to get more time in the pocket, completing passes and, and blowing us up that way. You have to fix something. You can't sit there and say, oh, well, these are the guys that we have. Stop it. This is literally mm-hmm. your your push into the playoffs. Make better decisions. Right. Um. So even within the end of the first half, right, so instead of, you know, playoff environment, instead of taking a knee and going to the locker room, um, you know, we ran a fake kneel. Um, it was an end around to the outside, which was pretty smart. And then we completed a, a pass down the middle. And then there was one play, or it might have been the same play with Jalen Rager, right? So we set up a pass play where it was a it was a route over the middle. Obviously, and you're going to get that all day. But there were five blockers in front of him. It was a tight end, and a couple of receivers, right? Mm-hmm. This dude runs towards one of the blocks. Of a receiver, it might have been um, Watkins or somebody, and he gets tackled. And I'm like, dude, there is so much open field. Why are you running towards the block? I mean, at least to try to do something. Like, you're fast, dude. Like, make a better decision. Um, and then, like, even late in the game, and you know, Jalen Hurts made a bunch of great decisions, but there were some decisions where it left me scratching my head. Like, if you look <laughs> back into the third quarter, where I'm pretty sure it was like a, it was a third and five situation, right? So they rolled Jalen Hurts out to the left, and he decided to scramble and run for it. But like five, like four or five yards ahead of him was Miles Sanders. He tried to turn up field to get the first down, but if he would have dumped it off two seconds sooner, mm-hmm. Miles Sanders can easily get that first down. I'm like, this dude was like he averaged like five yards a carry. 
So he can easily push for that first down, and he chose not to do it, and that was a drive killer. So I think, you know, if Jalen Hurts makes smarter uh, smarter decisions in, in clutch situations, we would be better. And then also on the coaching end, Doug Peterson went completely away from the run game in the second half. It blew my mind. Mm. You have two very capable running backs in Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. Why you're not continuing to feed them in the second half blows my mind because we're only down two scores. And if you got two right. full quarters, why are you going away from the run? Mm-hmm. Makes zero sense. Not only that, I forgot to mention this, Deshaun Jackson had that one pass, uh, that deep pass down the middle um, for the touchdown, which was dope. And this was one positive highlight of Jalen Hurts where he actually looked off the safety because he bit down on that route for Dallas Goddard. Oh, yeah. And then which opened up that back end lane for Deshaun Jackson to catch that ball. And literally it was, it was curtains after that. Mm-hmm. So he is looking off. You know, safeties and things, which is a great sign. But in certain clutch situations, Jalen Hurts is not making the correct decision where he's scrambling to run versus scrambling to throw. So he's got to get better at that. Um, And then when you take away the run game completely in the second half, RPO means nothing. Right. That's that's exactly what happened. Right. Um, But overall, my takeaways from this game, aside from. Jalen Hurts, just looking at his numbers, spread the spread the ball around amazingly. Um, it, was, it was, I mean, Alshon had a catch. Deshaun Jackson had that one for 81. Everybody else was sitting around 30 or 40 yards passing, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different receivers. So that's another great sign that he is willing to spread the ball around to everybody, which I really appreciated from that game. But your completion percentage has to go up, dude. Like, you only completed half of your passes. It was 53.8 for the game. But listen to these friggin' receiving yards numbers for these damn Cowboys. This is how bad Jaquette was. Six catches, 121 for Gallup. Cooper, four for 121. And then, I'm sorry, CeeDee Lamb had three catches for 65. Like, we got torched, torched. Um, Just going over my takeaways from the game, um... Losing Cox just basically decimated our defense because we are we de- we are super dependent on our front four to just get home and disrupt things and move quarterbacks off their spot whether we get a sack or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Dougie P went away from the run way too early. Um, I don't know what it is with this guy where he just doesn't trust running backs. But then again, obviously him being a former quarterback, he's going to want to throw more uh, within the offense. But at the end of the day, that's long gone years in the past. You need to lean on your run game, especially um, with two of your better playmakers on this team are in your backfield. That made no sense to me. Um, congrats to Sean Jackson for being the all-time leader in six put, uh, sixteen. I mean, sixty-plus yard touchdown passes. Like that's a big deal. And um, another takeaway is that you know even after this loss and we were eliminated, even like BG was like, you know what, I'm still willing to stick around and and hang out for the rebuild because obviously we need to rebuild um, for the years to come. And uh, last but not least, everyone ate in Dallas off of Jaquette's plate like it was chow time in the state penitentiary <laughs> and he got zero <laughs> snack packs. Like everybody on the Cowboys team and their set and their D block came over and took his snack pack every day for a whole month. That's That's exactly how I looked at him playing defense. Um, and as a corner, you have to have a short memory, dude. Like you're going to get burned at some point, like it happens, but you got to be willing to trust your fundamentals. Like you did the week previous when you were playing D hop, 
but that's what I got for my uh, Philly Eagles. Did you want to uh, want me to go ahead and go into next week or or just want to focus on this? Uh, cool. So I'm just going to go ahead and focus on this for right now. And, yeah, that's what I got for my Eagles. <clears throat> yeah, so I figured – so normally the format of the show, um, as you all know, is Marcus will go ahead and break down, recap uh, the previous – Eagles game right and then he'll go ahead and preview next week's game and then I'll do the same but since Washington is playing Philly I feel like we can both um kind of give keys to victory in the end oh for sure if, if that makes sense uh so Washington played the Carolina Panthers Carolina came to town yep uh, was, uh Ron Rivera's former team mm-hmm. clearly he would have liked to win I know he was asked in the week prior leading up to it you know it's like is this a statement game type thing like are you excited to play and hopefully beat the Carolina Panthers your former team he said had it been in the beginning of the season he would have been more um you know, kind of like more satisfied to beat that team. But, you know, this team now in its current state is uh, playing for a division title. So, you know, that's what his focus is on. Now, clearly, I think had we played Carolina week one, he still would have said the same thing. They're on our schedule, getting the guys ready. We need to win. It's a game on our schedule, blah, blah, blah. He's going to give you that. Um, Clearly, it would have been nice to beat your former team. Uh, the Bats. final score, as I mentioned earlier, was twenty to thirteen, Carolina. Um, it was twenty to nothing real early. Um, Dwayne Haskins came out extremely flat. He was playing with zero confidence. Um, it was just a hot mess. Um, early on in the game, he had a a fumble. Now that one was interesting because he was going to throw. The defender like stripped the ball, right? And for a brief moment, it the ball came out of his hand. Mm-hmm. But as his arm came forward, that pushed the ball forward, basically. Mm -hmm. It was weird. Landed, like, back in his palm, and then he, like, flung it forward. Long story short, their linebacker picked it up. It was a turnover. They reviewed it, calls as stands, so it was turnover number one. Um, Then he proceeded to throw two more interceptions. Um, He just wasn't getting it done. Now, the part that really irritated me was, so it was Antonio Gibson's first game back. Right. Um, I thought he played well. He had six carries for 61 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was averaging good, um, uh, excuse me, good, you know, yards per carry. For sure. Uh, they seem to get away from it. Um, I understand the score is going to dictate what you run, right? That's clearly why no team ever wants to fall behind because then you tend to get out of your game plan or get away from it. But I still think they could have run the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I was a little upset that, to start the second half, Dwayne Haskins came out and was the one starting. Um, I said to myself going into the locker room, and it was all over Twitter, like, you've got to move on from the kid, right? Like, he's, right. he's you can't start him the second half. He was god-awful. I mean, his his line um, stat for the game, he was 14 of 28 mm-hmm. for 154 yards and two interceptions, no right. touchdowns. Um, it's 50% passing. It's terrible. Uh, he, he just, I mean, throws into double and triple coverage. Like it's just nothing. Right. And I, you're not going to make a living in this league doing that. Um, it just, I don't know. It it just was so frustrating. So terrible. Like I said on Twitter, a lot of people were just saying like, all right, he's done Bring in, you know, Taylor Heineke, like the hell with it. If we're going to lose, at least lose, you know, without him out there acting like that now mind you last week 
you know, stripper pole Haskins <laughs> had, you know, gotten fined $40,000, all that stuff. Everybody had their opinion on whether he should start or not. Ron Rivera and the culture and, you know, all that stuff. I understood Ron Rivera's decision to start Haskins. Alex Smith was hurt, couldn't go. You, but to me, they still knew what they had in Heineke. But mm-hmm. either way, so it's like it looks like he's, he's rewarding Haskins in a way by letting him play. Mm-hmm. Um, though they took his captaincy away, they fined him forty grand, the whole nine. I figured that would have lit a fire under his behind, knowing because he admitted during a press conference earlier in the week saying, do you believe this is your last chance? And he said, yes. Um, lo and behold, it was his last chance. He was released Monday morning, mm-hmm. um, which we found that out. We were driving to Philly. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, it just was bad. Then Taylor Heineke came in. He was this undrafted guy, spent some time with a few different teams, but more notably he was in Minnesota when Scott Turner was there um, as the offensive coordinator, then um, in Carolina as well. He was a former XFL quarterback. He played for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, ODU guy. Um, did did well in ODU. The guy's quick. He's smaller. He's only 6'1", but like 210 pounds. Right. Um but I think when he came in, now, mind you, there was only nine minutes left of the game. Um, mm. He he finally came in and lit a spark, really. I mean, For you sure. saw from the very first snap, like, he he was slinging the ball around. There was a few that, like, I remember one got tipped and could have been intercepted, but it wasn't. Um, there was a touchdown he threw to Logan Thomas uh, that got called back because of holding, mm. which was a BS call. They called it on Schweitzer. Um the defensive guy definitely threw his arms up and sold that one. So they got the flag, brought that back. Right. Um, and then he, I mean, he dropped a dime to JD McKissick for the only touchdown that we scored. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, it was 20 to nothing, like super quick. We kicked the field goal before halftime. Um, and it, it just, that game just got out of hand. But going back to Heineke, when he came in and played with a spark, he he ran, he moved with his legs. If if he needed to pick up a first down, right. he he was able to get going. Um, I just really liked what he and the offense seemed to move quickly. They moved the ball down the field. Yes, sir. Um, so that to me was very encouraging. And then obviously, you know, us as fans are like, well, what the hell? Like you would have had that all half. Oh, for had sure. You, had you, you know, made the switch early. Now, yep. what I tell people is there's a reason Taylor Heineke was undrafted. There's a reason he was never a starter. There's a reason he ended up in the XFL. There's a reason we called and signed him as our COVID quarterback, right? So I always tell people, temper your expectations. What you saw in that nine minutes may not have happened for the whole entire half. These defensive coordinators can and will make adjustments. Nine minutes doesn't give you much time. Facts. And the game was relatively out of hand anyway, so they were in more of a prevent, soft, um, you know, soft coverage, soft stuff, uh, you know, on on defense. So mm-hmm. I was like, would that have happened right out of the half? They probably would have blitzed more. They would have done some other things. They would have made those adjustments had he come out and played and, and done exactly, you know, what he did in those nine minutes. Um, but again, I mean, if you just look at the stats, so he was 12 for 19 for 137 uh, and one touchdown, no interceptions. That was just in roughly nine minutes of play. And then Haskins had almost four, well, three full quarters and then part of the fourth. And he only mustered 14 completions for 154 yards. Um, this was the 15th overall pick last year. Um, I believe he's the first 
first round quarterback to not make it two years on a team. I think you're right. Yeah, for sure. So that yeah, I saw like ESPN had said it. So if I misquoted that, please forgive me. Um, you know, to everybody listening, but. There's just a lot to be said there. Um, Before I get into just the Dwayne Haskins stuff, and then we'll go ahead and preview the game. Um, Like I said, Antonio Gibson had six carries for 61 yards. Our defense played well. Um, There was a special teams gaffe where Steve Sims Jr. muffed the punt. Mm -hmm. Um, The Carolina defender... Basically, as he was trying to tackle Steve Sims, basically kicked the ball into the end zone, and then their guy recovered it. Right. Uh, so then, boom, there goes a touchdown, and that was early. Luckily, their kicker missed the extra points. It was 6 nothing. Mm-hmm. You can still recover from that, but they just never did. But outside of that and the Robbie Anderson touchdown, um, or excuse me, outside of that, we gave up, I think, 14 points. Yeah. Yeah. So we gave up 14 points, like – our defense is balling. We right. didn't give up anything in the second half. They scored no. all 20 points in the first half. Yes, sir. Um, we are statistically a second-half team, even just passing the eye test. Like, right. This week, they're going to have to come out on fire, hair on fire. We'll get into that. But just uh, we had two takeaways, four sacks. Chase Young had another um, forced fumble, and then he recovered that one. Yep. Um, the dude is a menace. Um, Problem. He, he's just – He's just all over the place. He's one of two rookies voted to the Pro Bowl. Yep. Um, who's the other one? Uh, Justin, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson yep. from uh, excuse me from the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Um, Chase Young. He's he's just good. But that whole front, like Jonathan Allen, I thought had a very good game. Very very disruptive up front. Right. Busting things up. Deron Payne. Uh, Montez Sweat. Like just just the full complement of our defensive front mm-hmm. was just all over the place. I thought for the most part. Our secondary played well. Kendra, uh, excuse me, Kendall Fuller had a few pass breakups. Right. Um, I mean, they, they were just flying around. So I was encouraged by what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, again, Carolina's offense doesn't really, like, scare you. Clearly, they have outside threats. Um, what's the new dude's name? Um, Samuel. Is it Curtis, Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel, yep. Yeah, he was getting busy. Um, mm-hmm. But DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson didn't really kill us. It, it was more of the, the Curtis Samuel show. Uh, but Basically. but yeah, I mean, like I said, overall, I thought they did well. And again, those are good receivers. Right. And clearly, Teddy B has the arm to get them the ball. Oh, for sure. Uh, there was a few. I mean, he just he just couldn't connect. He just overthrew it. But I mean, you know, to me, anything over fifty yards, forty yards, things like that is like fifty fifty anyway. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought we held our own on on defense. Mm-hmm. If we had some sort of competent offense, I feel like. We this the whole division thing would have been wrapped up weeks ago because sure. you're looking at ten maybe eleven wins because your defense is that good. Yep. If you just have competent quarterback play, um, and then just be able to to run, uh, excuse me, stick with the run again. I mean, I mentioned earlier, uh, the Scott Turner got away from the run. You know, Ron Rivera said you know he didn't really believe that they got away from the run too early. I thought they did, so I'll respectfully disagree with him there. Uh. But I don't know. It, it just all around was just it just was a, a crappy game again from the offensive standpoint. And then even in the fourth quarter, our defense could not get off the field. They were just running and running right. and running um, and moving the ball. And we just could not get off the field. And they just took so much time off the clock. Um, so, you, you know, you you would like to see some more three and outs in in that regard. But overall, like I said, I thought it was a solid defensive performance. Offense was nowhere to be found mm-hmm. until uh, Taylor Heineke came in. 
Now, Ron Rivera said Monday morning, quickly, um, Taylor would start if Alex Smith couldn't go. So we're on, what, week four-ish of Alex Smith and his calf strain. I don't know where he's going to stand. Today's Wednesday, so I'll really monitor the injury report and reports coming out of practice. Um, Thursday and Friday, to me, I think those are more telling. Uh, Taylor Heineke's been getting all the first – but pretty yeah, pretty much all the first-team reps. So if Alex can't go, I do feel comfortable with Heineke. Again, he's – got that energy he's got something to play for right he's not like haskins where it's like everything's handed to him silver spoon first round pick tons of guaranteed money all that type of stuff like taylor heineke was literally studying for finals right um like i guess he was an engineering major he switched to math major um he he's he riddled off all these like crazy classes he was taking and everything uh so yeah i mean he was literally studying for finals and Washington football team called him and just said, hey, do you want to be our COVID quarterback? And he said, yeah, sure. Uh, here he is just playing a couple weeks later. There you go. Uh, so I don't know. I'm encouraged if he plays, um, especially over whatever Dwayne Haskins was bringing. Um, but again, so, yeah, I piled on Haskins and all the stripper jokes and all this stuff, both on this podcast, on Twitter and all that. But, I mean, dude's a human being, right? So I never advocate for anybody losing their job, really, or I don't get excited about it. Now, we all get mad, like, oh, Jay Gruden, yeah, the, you know, hope he loses his job, whatever. Now, I tend not to feel as bad for rich people when they lose their job because, <laughs> I mean, they have money. Right. It's not like you or I lose our job. Then right. it's like, oh, man, shit gets real, real quick. But, um I, I'd never root for his demise, but you saw the writing on the wall. Am I wrong? Right. Like, you couldn't, for me, when you look, they, they had a couple of shots from the sideline where this dude, instead of, like, getting in that quarterback conversation. He was asleep. This dude was asleep. This dude was looking dejected, like, leaning, like, oh, my God, why am I here type situation. Like, all mm-hmm. these photos came out, and I'm just like, dude, you are a, you're, you are a leader. Like regardless if they stripped your C or not, you're still a quarterback on the Washington football team. Like make better decisions because even though you may have, and this is before we knew he was getting cut because we found that out the other day, but like you need to start thinking of your next move. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and to me, that's a life skill. I mean, but like we were talking about in the car today, like this dude, for whatever reason, you know, most football players, they know that, they're great. They're going to do well in high school. They're going to do well in college and possibly make it to the league. And the circles that are around them are usually le- yes men and people like that. Oh, so yeah. They're telling them, man, you're so great. It's 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 other people's problem. Right. It ain't you. Right. So there's very limited, like, personal responsibility for things. And that came out within the Washington football team organization when it came to Dwayne Haskins. Like, this dude is taking zero personal responsibility. Like, everything that he said beforehand when he was talking about, you know, going to the strip joint and then he apologized for it. They took his C, you know, pretending to be apologetic about it and then you come into Sunday's game and you're looking like that on the sideline nobody's gonna believe you but like I said going back to my original point you have to think about your next opportunity because obviously at some point in the near future your job is done in DC so you have to at least put something together on tape whether you're not on the field or not to make people think well I can fix this kid and he really hasn't been doing that. Yeah. So the way that I see it is just like you said, right? Okay. You get pulled, um, whatever the stuff happened with right. the, with the, you know, with the strip joint, um, you know, all, the, all those things, right. It's not in your favor. It's not, you know, 
looking um, like the best, like optically is not good. And then you go out there and you follow it up with a crap ass performance. Yep. And then, like I said, there was that one shot. Remember, I had texted you. I'm like, this dude's on the sideline sleeping. sleeping. So people had taken a picture of the TV and they were posting it. <laughs> Eyes closed. Yeah, and then and then here comes the captions. He was dreaming of strippers. And, <laughs> you know, he was wondering, like, because, uh, you know, the whole stimulus check stuff is like, you know, how many lap dances can I get with my stimulus check? Like, you know, this was all that stuff. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. Then what I thought was weird was there was a point in the game, I believe we were in the red zone. Mm -hmm. Taylor Heineke had, had brought us all the way down Chase Young And I have the soundbite of it Chase Young uh, You know pretty much was like on the sideline Like yo number four it, He's a number four but studying basically like, Right yeah It almost seemed like he was taking a shot at, at um, <laughs> Dwayne Right but I don't think he was. But again, I mean, you can pull that to fit your narrative. But, you know, he was like, man, he's like, OK, four. OK, I see you. And then he ran out on the field during the timeout. And like, you know, he was just like pretty much giving him props. He's man, you balling out. And then. You right. Know. And that's what and that's what leaders do, especially when it comes to a, a locker room cancer like Haskins has been over the past few weeks. Like I was joking with you the other day and I was like, I bet you that Chase Young broke the offensive huddle leading onto the field for this game because <laughs> this dude is so annoying, like as right. a leader on this team. But it's then crazy. What, but then what was weird about so okay, so Chase Young goes out there, does his thing, he's like, All right, number four, won't won't and then Chase or uh Dwayne Haskins comes jogging out behind him. And then the guy on the broadcast was like, ah, Dwayne Haskins is coming on to the field. Like <laughs> he was confused. You see what I'm saying? And it was just like, it was it weird. Just, yeah. And he came out there and, and try to, you know, hit Heineke on the butt, you know, like the, the players do, you know, had a boy or whatever, you know, right. and it just was like awkward. It just didn't work. Um, you're, he's just not a leader, man. Right. Um, I pray for him. You know what I mean? And, and what, what I think a lot of people aren't looking at. Um, I've heard some other podcasts and, and some of them have made great points. I've listened to the radio and they've, I'm, they've made great points, but I think one of the things that really led to Ron Rivera dismissing um, Dwayne Haskins right now versus next week or when the season is officially over is because after the game, he ran off the field, showered, changed and was gone. Yep. Dips quick. Up. Um, there was a story that I heard, you know, from someone that I talked to from a, you know, has a trusted source. We won't get into the actual conversation, but there was, you know, pl pretty much other players involved, um, trying to talk to Haskins outside the stadium right. and Haskins rolled and the media was looking for him to ask him questions. Right. Nowhere to be found. The PR team tried to get a hold of him. Couldn't get a hold of him. Still couldn't get a hold of him. Then they finally got a hold of him, and he was already home. And then I believe he did the media session or right. whatever. Um, wasn't a good look. I thought that, to me, coupled with his performance, followed up and compounded by the crap from the week before, yep. led Ron Rivera and that organization to say goodbye. Um, Had to. Another interesting point. So it's very well known. It's very well documented. Um Haskins being selected at number 15 was a Dan Snyder pick. Yep. Um, so everybody thought, okay, there's no way he's going to allow Ron Rivera to get rid of him. Right. Because that was his guy. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Haskins is no longer on this team. Absolutely. Ron Rivera is still the coach of this team. Yep. Ron Rivera is the adult in the room. Yes, he is. I don't know what transpired or what sort of conversation 
was had with Dan Snyder or anything like that. Ron Rivera made that decision. I was happy that he was able to make that decision. I've heard other beat writers and, and other media folks talking about Ashburn is getting to Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera preaches culture, but yet he let Haskins. Haskins is no longer on this team. That was a Ron Rivera decision. Yep. Put that other stuff to bed. Yep. Ron Rivera has made, and to me will continue to make, the best decisions for this team. We may not agree with them at that time. They may be head scratching, whatever, like earlier in the season. I, the part of me was like, okay, I'm trusting in a rebuild, but things are feeling awkward. Like what's going on, this and that. Now you see like the defense has come alive. Like you can see the direction. You can feel the culture change. Right. Um, so I was happy that he he made that decision. Mm-hmm. Happy for, for more than one reason, right? All last week, like we saw Ron Rivera snapped in that press conference yep. last week. He said, let's not talk about what's interesting. Let's talk about what we need to talk about, which is the game against the Carolina Panthers. For sure. Um, so now on the Carolina. Right. So now here we are. We're on to the Eagles. That was a good segue. See what I did there? We're on to the Eagles. That's what they're going to be talking about. Yep. The most dramatic thing they'll be talking about is Alex Smith's leg. Is he good to go? Right. How's that calf? Is he going to play or is he going to be Heineke? So why don't you give us your keys to victory over the Washington football team? You know what the crazy part is? I only got a few like keys to victory. And it's just I, win, baby. Al Davis. <laughs> right. Outside of that, like <laughs> it's simple at this point. We've seen Jalen Hurts over the past few weeks. We know what works. Number one, I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. Run the damn ball. <laughs> Say it one more time. Run the damn ball because we have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. And what is our offensive line pretty good at do, doing as as banged up as we are? Run blocking. Run the damn ball to my second point, which sets up the RPO. If you do not stick to the run game, the RPO means nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what Jalen Hurts is good at. He will pull the ball back and gash teams for 10, 15 yards if he has the opportunity to. That is how we're going to win this game. Not only that, on the defensive side of the ball, Jalen Mills has to start at corner. Jaquette, sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I don't I don't care if it's, you know, uh, some dude from Polk High School, you know, coming to start for the Washington football team at receiver. You're still going to get burnt at this point. Like, I've never seen – so many bad highlights of a corner where they're literally touching earth at this point, basketball reference, where you're getting juked out of your shoes at the line of scrimmage and, and players are taking it for 15, 20, 30 yards. And you got guys like Epps, who is our second, like more like actually more like third like safety having to run guys down. And he came into the game injured. So we have to start Mills at safety. I'm sorry, start Mills at corner. Um, let uh, – uh, uh, Kavon Wallace and Epps play safety and uh, live with uh, Roby Coleman and Darius Slay on the outside. Um, hopefully Cox is available for this game. If not, we got to go exotic with the blitz, with the blitz scheme. We can, we got to move whoever you start at quarterback um, off of their spot to be successful. Um, outside of that, um, Dougie P has to call a better 
game. He's got to manage the game better because he didn't manage uh, the game in the second half well at all um, last week. Like I said, going away from the run game. Um, Jim Shorts has to adjust. Actually, the team has to adjust better, especially coming out the second half because we didn't do that very well last week. So if we can adjust based on what the Washington football team is giving us, if we can run the ball and get Miles Sanders the ball 20 times or just run the game or run the ball between 20 and 30 times, we should be able to control the clock like we usually do in the first half over the past few games and put us put ourselves in a position to win. But it all starts from the top down. It has to start with coaching. Um, from there, we got to execute. And from there, we just got to start making good decisions. Last point, I don't know what's going on with Jeff Stoutland and, you know, this offensive line who typically has done well over the past five weeks. But yesterday, one of our bigger issues I didn't mention was the pre-snap penalties, man. Like a lot of the, all these, you know, false starts and offsides and all this crap. Stop it. You're shooting yourself in the foot. You know, we're, we're getting in third and long instead of third and short. We got to clean up those penalties. But with all that being said, if we do those things, we should be able to win this game because we have a no hat policy at the link <laughs> on Sunday, according to Jim Shorts. But I'll leave it there. All right. So, well, first and foremost, the Eagles are lucky because we're going to be wearing beanies. <laughs> um, <laughs> champ, <laughs> division champ beanies. Um, no. So clearly, like to your point, so now the one thing that I'll say, you guys have not come out in the second half right. and done much. Nope. Washington is a second half team. I believe yep. what over the last, I don't know, almost eight weeks. Yep. I think we've only given up maybe two touchdowns, maybe three. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that defense is stingy, right? Washington's defense is stingy. Um I think as far as Washington is concerned, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to start fast, yep. point blank period, right? Because, yep. it's for, because it's twofold. First of all, you have to come out, take care of business. You still control your own destiny. You win this game, you're getting into the postseason. Yep. They're going to have to start fast because when you're in the postseason, you're not going to have the luxury of just simply being able to shut a team down in the second half and nope. be able to claw your way out of it. We all know we, we, we watch the postseason year in and year out. It's a dogfight. Mm-hmm. Some of those, you know, first, uh, what I guess, what do they call them, wild card games? Mm-hmm. Those can some kind sometimes get kind of lopsided, but for, for the most part, they're usually dogfights. Um, so they're going to have to get off to a fast start yep. week 17 coming in. We're still the last team in the league uh, or excuse me, the only team in the league that hasn't scored an opening drive touchdown or points uh, period, not even a field goal. That's terrible. That has to change this week. Um, I think the keys to victory as far as offense is concerned, you're going to have to run the ball. Gibson seemed fine. I don't believe he's on the injury report. So uh, Ron Rivera said yeah, Monday that he wasn't limping or, you know, like favoring his, um, you know, anything. Like, because, again, he had the turf toe. Um, so all things point to him being fine. So if you have him and McKissick, that should be a good one-two punch. Again, there's obviously um, Peyton Barber. He can give you goal line stuff. For sure. I think they're going to have to come out early, establish the run, establish Mm -hmm. the, um, or excuse me, control the clock, control the line of scrimmage. 
and and just get after it, no matter who's quarterback, right? Whether it's Heineke or Alex Smith. Um, I, clearly, I feel better if Alex Smith is playing. I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's between you and God. No, <laughs> no uh, I feel clearly I feel better if Alex Smith comes out right. and plays because I sure. think you know what you're going to get. Yep. I think this fan base is going to be this fan base, meaning the Washington fan base is going should temper their expectations if Taylor Heineke starts. Yes. The reason I say that, and it has nothing to do so much with the Eagles' defense as much as it does with, I said it before, there's a reason this kid was undrafted. There's right. a reason he never stuck with the team. There's a reason he was in the, uh, excuse me, in the XFL. He can and will turn the ball over if he's dropping back 40 times, 35 times. Like, you don't want him around there. To me, you want between 25 28 passes maybe right and everything else is the run and then you rely on your defense to stop you know the other team so again quick keys quick start special teams crap you cannot have any um miscues yeah miscues like they did last week and and in the weeks prior uh steve sims jr i feel like will not be on this team going forward as mm -hmm. far as next season i think he's played his way out of that i had high hopes for him but right. if you can't hold on to the ball you know what i mean there's you can't do nothing for me so um <laughs> special yeah. teams has to be good we just have to play disciplined right like we gotta calm down on the penalties understand where you're at what you're doing um and then not let that moment get too big for them right like mm -hmm. Don't don't worry. I mean, just go out there and just take care of your business. I think if we're able to keep the game close and or play from ahead, um, knowing that we're a second-half team, I think Philadelphia would be in trouble. Mm -hmm. But if we let this game get away from us, because, again, Deshaun Jackson, he didn't have no broken hip or nothing, did he, at the end of that game? I don't did, think did so. Did he no. go back to the IR? No? Okay. Um so he'll be out there. Again, you guys have Rager. You have your tight ends. You have your two running backs. So you got, and then just your quarterback anyway is a dual threat. Right. Um, we statistically haven't played well against running quarterbacks. Not a lot of teams do, but we sure haven't. Um, you're going to have to contain him. They can't get too far up to feel like they did on Russell Wilson. Um, oh, true. You got to stay home. Yeah. You got to stay home. You got to live with the fact that today is not going to be a high sack total game. I right. think if you're going to get sacks on the kid, it's going to have to come from the interior more than it is the edge. Right. Um, you're going to have to keep a linebacker spying the quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Knowing what's happening, knowing what's going on. Um, so I think if they play that way, I think they'll be fine. Mm. Uh, but. But yeah, I think it's a winnable game, man. I'm I'm not gonna say you guys packed it in already, but you're literally playing for nothing other than just to be a spoiler. Right. And we know everyone in this division hates Dallas more than they hate Washington, right. more than they hate New York, right. more than they hate the Eagles. For sure. Dallas is the number one hated team in the division. For sure. In the league, in my opinion, because yep. no longer the Patriots, because Tom Brady ain't there. So don't nah, that's man, that's another conversation for another day. We got to talk about. We got to keep that man out the the Super Bowl. But yeah, but for real, like like the Cowboys are like the number one hated team within this division because their fan base is so unreasonable. It's sickening. The um, media is so unreasonable. Oh, oh my god, the oh, slurp fest that was going on <laughs> after they beat you guys. They were oh, like, yeah, they were like, how can you not uh, say the Cowboys are the favorites? Um, because their defense is trash. Defense is hot garbage. Like they're they're going to get mowed over 
in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Like, it's it's going to be a blowout. Like it's going to be like a 40 to nothing blowout. Like it's going to be terrible. It, it's going to be unwatchable TV. Like you're wasting your money. Right. Um, and it's like I said, I don't know. I just think that, um, I mean, for them, they'll take that and they'll run with it for the next 30 years. Oh yeah. Remember that one season in 2020 where we went, we started off horrible and went to the playoffs. Yeah. Go Cowboys. No, like you were like, literally look at your record. You're terrible. Yeah. I mean, we're all terrible. We're all terrible, but, but they, they're the, like, well, we're the best terrible. Right, yeah. No, 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 no they're not. We are. Washington, I would say, like, if you if you take the three teams in right. our division that are still in contention, right? This right. is not me being biased because you go back to last no, no, no. year and, and, and any other time I ever talk about this team, I just call it how I see it. But out of Washington, New York, and Dallas. Right. You're the best structured bad team in the division based on what you guys did culturally from the coach to the top down and what you guys have been able to do this season. Oh, for sure. I was being facetious earlier, but like yeah. you guys like structurally top to bottom, you know, minus Dan Snyder and just letting uh, Ron Rivera run the squad. Y'all, y'all definitely came up better than I thought you were going to be. Yeah, I did too. And that's been the surprise of the season, right? Yep. Again, I expected to kind of feel and see the cultural change next year. Yep. Um, but started but, this year. Right. And, I just look at it like, again, if you had competent, mediocre quarterback play, you're right. looking at at least the eight to nine win team. Yep. And that's just not even trying. That's, that's not even trying. Right. So, okay. So, so we gave the keys to victory. You gave the Eagles perspective. I gave Washington's perspective. Yep. Let's get into predictions. But before that, we'll take a brief break and hear from our sponsors. Hey, people. It's Eddie and Marcus here from the Average Sports Guys podcast. Are you looking for screen printed shirts or hoodies? Maybe you need embroidered polos, hats, or beanies. If so, check out our guys over at Full Color Prints LLC located in Chantilly, Virginia. Yeah, head over to FullColorPrintsDC.com or find them on Instagram at DMV T-Shirt Guys and support your local business. With over 15 years of experience, there's no wonder they're still in business and they're sure to meet your satisfaction. The average sports guys have used them and you should too. All right, we're back, and let's get into these predictions. Since we just gave the keys to victory to the Washington versus the Eagles game, um, we'll do that one first up. Marcus, who do you got, Washington or Philly? I'm going Philly because I, for some reason, think that Doug Peterson is going to run the ball 30 times. All right. I'm going to go Washington here. <laughs> Again, sure. I'm out of the superstition stuff. I think we – okay, <laughs> I was about to contradict myself. <laughs> If they go white on whites, the all white uniform, <laughs> bro, we don't lose a nose. We don't we don't we don't lose a nose. Hey, also another thing, right? We have not been scheduled for a primetime game this year. Well, I guess the Thanksgiving one is primetime, right? It is. Uh, but the one with the Steelers got flexed to Monday night. It did. We won. Um, I believe we wore white on whites. We won. Thanksgiving, white on whites, we won. This game not scheduled in prime time, but oh baby, it is now. It's flexed <laughs> to prime time. Right. If they wear white on whites, Marcus, y'all can hang it up. You can throw that hat policy out the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's done. So mm. no, I just I do realistically feel like Washington can win this game. Just oh, like sure. Carolina last week, it was a winnable game. Um, I do see if for some strange reason we get out early and. We get up. I can see your team packing it in. Oh, for sure. Not just completely giving up, but just kind of saying, eh, okay, it is what it is. Right. You know, um, but yeah, so I'll go Washington. Next game, 
Dolphins Bills. Ooh. I'm going to go Bills just based on their defense. Um, I think they are going to be a handful for these Dolphins, and Tua's going to have to learn a lot playing these guys. Um, I'm going Bills in this situation. All right, so I'm going to go Dolphins. The reason I'm going to go Dolphins is I don't know if the Bills are resting anybody. So my best guess is they might. So I'll go Dolphins. But you were right. It's going to be a test for, for Tua. Test for Tua. So, uh, well, and then, I mean, Flores clearly doesn't mind going to the bullpen and bringing in oh, Fitzpatrick. Okay. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the, I think think the Miami can um, surprise some people and, and get that W. Yep. All right, next up we got Steelers-Browns. Keep in mind, Ben Roethlisberger is not playing. They already said Mason Rudolph um, is playing. I'm going Browns in this situation for that reason. Um is um, Jarvis back for this game? That I don't know. I didn't check there. So they he wasn't injured. No, was he? I'm pretty sure he was. Or was was he one of the ones that was in the COVID? Because they had the four wide receivers, I think, that were you know what? It in been. the COVID protocol. Because I remember he tweeted, this is annoying. Um, oh, I'm pretty sure. You know what? I think you're right. I think it was COVID. Um, so I think they may be back. They may be back. So if I'll say this, if their receivers come back or if Jarvis comes back, um, they're going to win that game aside from their run game and their defense. Like I said, I think I, I can give this one to the Browns. Yeah. I think them losing to the jets, um, pissed really, them, really stung. Off. Yeah. And I think they're going to come out. Well, and then they have a reason to play. I think right now, don't they hold the seventh, seed yep uh which is the last wild card slot i believe if they lose they're out if they win they're in some some scenario like that so they they have a purpose to play for the steelers do not um i'm gonna go browns there as well next up we have giants cowboys now again i've said if washington loses to philadelphia the winner of the giants cowboys game will win the division so who do you have I'm going Giants in that situation. I think that they have enough defense to uh, pressure um, Andy Dalton. All they have to do is watch the tape. Um, you can get home. You can get him off his spot. And once he's off his spot, he does make errant throws. Um, their defense is confident enough. It just depends on whether Danny Dimes shows up. If he can show up and put together not even a great game, just a competent game, like a competent yeah. Like just competent quarterback play, they should win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallman's nothing to shake a stick at, and the receivers are still legit. Outside of Ingram, who is Mister Fumble Ruski, can't catch like a, a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't know, but if like I said, if if Danny Dimes can just literally just not turn the ball over, I they think they can win that game for sure. Yeah, so I tend to agree with you, but. Having watched that game against the Ravens last week, they just look god awful. It looked terrible. Um, and the Cowboys, as of late, I'd say the last three weeks, their offense has been playing a lot better. Yep. Um, so, but to your point, right? If Daniel Jones shows up and drops dimes, mm-hmm. I can see that Dallas defense just being lost as yep. they have been all season. Yep. Um, but I'll go Dallas just based on how crappy New York has been playing and how well Dallas's offense is playing. So I'll go Dallas there though. If we were going to lose and not get in, I'd rather see the giants win for sure versus Dallas because it's just one more thing that they think they're the greatest and all this other crap. Right. 
Um, so the last game that we are predicting in the 2020 regular season Let's go. is the Cardinals versus the Rams. Now, keep in mind, there's no Jared Goff because he just had surgery on his broken thumb. That's right. And I want to say Kyler Murray's going to go, but I know he had that leg issue because he got injured in last week's game. So I'm not sure if he's playing. I think he's probably just listed as questionable. So just because I have no idea who John Wolford is, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because I was watching. Um, I can't. I, it might have been the NFL Network. I just, I just had it on background noise, um, and they were talking about, oh well, if there's any coach that can get a, a quarterback ready to play on short notice and this and that, it's Sean McVay. Yeah, I, I don't know who that guy is. Oh, you know who he is? Isn't he the? I just thought about it. Isn't he the guy that? Hold on. What school did he go to? Didn't he go to? I don't know anything about this kid. Jesus, I have I have literally no idea. For some reason, in my head, if I felt like he was, he went to NDSU, but I could be lying. I don't know. That's just a thought that I had. I could be wrong. Excuse me if I'm completely wrong there. <laughs> but um, yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm going with the Cardinals. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I'm gonna go with Cardinals there too. Um, yeah. It'll, <laughs> It'll be an interesting game, to say the least. But oh, yeah, but yeah, it could. I mean, that one could even just end up being sloppy. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. Well, this is the last episode of 2020. Wow. As well, wow. New Year's Eve is what tomorrow. Yep. Wait, how does that work? Yeah, New Year's Eve is tomorrow. I'm looking at the calendar. Is every day is just a day to me lately. Uh, yeah. So tomorrow. So yeah. So Friday is January first. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what do you? First of all, do you have any New Year's plans? Yeah. So I'll be hanging out with my girl, uh, Nina. Shout out to Nina. Um, we're just gonna be hanging out. You know, bringing in the new year together. Um, from there, um, not much. Um. Just hanging out, you know, I'll be I'll be going back. To, well, I've been going to the gym, but just continuing with going to the gym. Speaking of the gym, this is the worst time for anybody. <laughs> I knew it was coming. That is a regular at the gym to go to the gym because you always get that new those group of people, those new year, new me type people. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing with the machines. They usually hurt themselves. So make sure your phone's charged up, charged up because you're going to have. Yeah. Or they're just in the way. Or they're in the way. You're going to have some comic relief. But um, I'm a 5 o'clock in the morning going to the gym guy anyway. They're not going to be there. They're not going to be there. But there are also some days based on my schedule where I might have to show up like after work or later in the afternoon. And that's going to suck because nothing's going to be open. And I'm just going to be standing there twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, Um, but fortunately, and those who go to the gym and, you know, or, or have gone to the gym in years past and. You experience a you know situation like that. It usually lasts like what two weeks, maybe? two weeks, and then it clears out again. So you just got to eat this for two weeks. That's it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, it it is annoying. It is irritating, which brings me to my next point. So the first question was, did you have any plans? Second question was, are you a New Year's resolution type of person? I would say no, because as a individual, um, I'm one of those people where I'm trying to improve upon what I do or myself every day. 
Right. So a New Year's resolution means nothing to me because the way that I carry myself is I try to improve upon myself every day. So I'm not really a New Year's resolution person, but I'm all about self-improvement. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so as far as me, I'll be home. I'm not I'm not going nowhere. I'm not <laughs> doing anything. Like I'll probably stay up, you know, watch all the little festivity stuff. It'd be interesting to see how all that'll be on TV um, this year. I mean, I can't imagine it'd be huge crowds of people and, right i mean but who knows i mean people don't care about this virus anymore really mm-hmm. um but i'll just be home watch that ball drop probably be asleep at 1201 mm. maybe 1202 let's go be living living on the edge 1202 yep. I'll, I'll be asleep um i'm not a new year's resolution guy i think maybe five plus years ago i made a new year's resolution to not make any more new year's resolutions okay and i've kind of stuck to that i'm more like you you make adjustments you know throughout the year every mm-hmm. day um but but i'm just like you i always think like okay what can i do to be a better person tomorrow you know what i mean so yeah i'm not really into all the resolution type stuff but and I venture to say most people aren't, if they're being honest with themselves, very few people make a resolution and like stick to it. Right. Um, but if they do, I mean, I've, I've heard things from getting clean and sober, like from like stop drinking alcohol, um, or excuse me, drugs, those types of things. Um, and they've stuck to it. So if that's a news resolution and it works out for you, that is awesome. Uh, some people it's financially, right. They'll right. say, you know, turn it around not spend so much or get this and this paid off whatever whatever okay that's fine Mm -hmm. but like this whole i'm gonna lose weight thing and it's gonna start on january 1st yeah (laughs) i i I, I tend to say that that's gonna fall off right um but you know i still support it it is what it is Mm -hmm. teach his own as my dad always taught me there you go so that puts a bow on episode 54 that puts a bow on our show for the year. Yep. Uh, stay tuned. Look forward to what the average sports guys have coming up. Facts. Um, we just were doing some filming. We're going to be putting some some videos together. Again, we will be recording the podcast and putting it back on YouTube. Yes, so sir. For those who like to see our ugly faces, you'll be able to go onto YouTube. Yep and see that we've updated the studio uh, again um you've probably seen it on instagram if you follow us um at average sports guys on instagram on facebook um average sports g1 on twitter yep and always or excuse me as always head over to our website averagesportsguys.com so each and every video that we post to youtube will actually post to the website yep as well as we have a podcast link um on the website, on, on the website. so mm-hmm. if if you want to go there you can listen to it but again if not we are pretty much on every podcast platform that is out there um apple podcast spotify google podcast um pretty much all of them man for so. sure and once we do get back up if you want to go ahead and hit up youtube and click that subscribe button absolutely that would be great yeah, uh, because we will eventually be doing some live stuff. May not do full live shows. Um, we understand, you know, it's a long time to keep somebody's attention yep. live. You know what I mean? Um, but maybe we'll do some live giveaways, some some merchandise, Facts. some some stuff like that. Um, maybe I can get my hands on some autograph stuff. I was 
kind of have a little bit of that in the works so yeah. that'd be cool if we can get enough subscribers we could do live stuff um, that'd be cool to do some live giveaways mm-hmm. um, as always please send in your questions whether you hit us up on twitter um, or instagram or and facebook yep. so we'll just say social media all together hit us up you can go to our website and contact us that way yep. uh but we we like questions especially now that we're getting into the playoffs everybody's fantasy stuff is Pretty much over. Pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, yep. so y'all can stop whining about that. Facts. Focus on football. The yeah. real football. Yep. Just watch football for what it is. I mean, listen, I'm I'm all for fantasy. I I don't play it. I don't think I've ever said it on the show. The reason I don't play fantasy football is because I forget to set my lineup. <laughs> I always forget. And then it's like I gotta worry about who's on the buy and this and that and all that. So no, like I will help people with fantasy if they think they should start somebody or sit somebody or draft somebody, trade somebody, whatever. Oh, for sure. I'll help you out with that. Marcus, he's good at it. He plays. I don't. But now I'm happy that crap is over and we can focus on week 17. See what's going to happen, and then we're going to get into the postseason. And then we will – I'll put a poll up on Instagram Mm -hmm. story about um, draft stuff, right? For sure. And we'll kind of see what the people want if – because, you know, normally we go position by position, and we kind of talk about the draft prospects. Right. Um, So we'll see when they want to start that. So I'll, I'll I'll put a poll up later. Um, But yeah, like we just really want to interact with you guys as well. Like I said, you know, we, we like answering questions. Um, So yeah, shoot us questions. We'll read them on air. We'll give you a shout out and and we'll give you our answer. There you go. So, Hey, uh, again, this is Eddie and Marcus here with the average sports guys, as always head over to our website, average sports guys.com. Everything we do is there. Um, it's episode 54, man. It's been fun. We're out. Yeah.